three, two, one. Daybreaks and aches. I'll be running when my feet hit the ground. Welcome to From One Mom to Another with Cindy Anderson. I subscribe to the belief that women need women. As a mother of seven, she is versed in all aspects of the triumphs, joys, and challenges of parenting. Tap into your own strengths and trust that you are the best mother your children ever had. And give yourself some credit. Take some time to breathe. You are doing better than you think. Now here's Cindy. You are all doing better than you think. Hey everyone, welcome to the latest episode of From One Mom to Another. This week we're going to be talking about building confidence in oneself. Um, As usual, I have my daughter Stephanie Taylor here with me and also a special guest, my son Daniel is here with us today. Hey, this is one father to another, right? Well, I mean, it is from one mom to another, but you can put the father's perspective, sure. Well, here's the good news, mom. I have a mother. Sure. I am married to a mother. Yes. So I think I know a little bit more about being a mom than... Than who? Go ahead, finish I'm that not sentence. Even gonna, no, I'm not, yeah, I'm not going to... That's a bold statement, pal. <laughs> yeah. Bold statement. I'm, I'm just going <laughs> to... I'm going to gracefully bow out of this one, out of this comment. We are happy that you're here. And as we move this discussion along, there's a reason that you are here. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. So let's just kind of get into it. First off, I have a kind of a long running joke with my kids. Sometimes the kids would see me do something that they had no idea that I knew how to do. and Because um, we literally didn't know that you were a human being outside (laughs) of raising us children. Yes, that is correct. And... Just the the amazement that you would show, like, oh my goodness, mom, you know how to do that? One such example that I give is the boys were out playing basketball and and the boys being, you know, Eric and Daniel at the time. And I took the ball and I dribbled it and I took a shot. Well, I don't think it's important to know if I made it or not, but I took it. They're like, oh my goodness, mom, do you you know how to play basketball? I could have been a professional, but I gave it all up to have kids. So that be, kind of came our running thing, right? So piano player, uh, piano singer. player, sing. Mario, Mario brothers, champion. That's right. Yes. Boxing. Chef, lawyer, Tybo. <laughs> yes, that's right. It just became part of our family with the kids be like, mom, wait a minute. You know how to make, or you know how to do. I, yes but I gave it all up to be a mother. And every once in a while, I mean, or after a little while, I think the, the kids kind of caught on that that wasn't true. I mean, you know, I'm five foot four. A basketball player was a bit of a stretch, but, you know, the rest of the stuff made perfect sense. Right, kids? Kids? Daniel, <laughs> that's for you. <laughs> no, I totally thought that you, it was like this epic fork in the, like, multi-pronged fork in the road between like Olympic figure skater, attorney general, sure. state of Indiana, pro baseball player, actor, actor, mom. Yeah. Gave it all up. Gave it all and up. Just, you know, yeah, totally. Yeah. Selfless, yeah. selflessly for my benefit. Right. Very selflessly. I mean, obvious. All kidding aside, in reality, I have no initials after, after my name. 
And I think that that's how we feel as mothers. We don't have initials after our name. We don't have a diploma. We don't have any kind of something that tells us we're on the right track with our children. And I think that that causes a lot of second guessing. Absolutely. And there's no constructive feedback from children about how you're doing. It tends to be pretty biased in their favor about how we're doing. Right. When you let them do something, you're the best mom in the world. When you've sent them to bed at, you know, 530. 530. And most everything that, that you do, there are complaints anyway. They don't want to get up. They don't want to do their chores. They don't want to eat what you're fixing them for dinner. They don't want to run errands. They don't want to go to school. So many things that kids struggle with are really just phases and have mm-hmm. to do with their age. And that doesn't end until they grow out of that phase or they grow out of that age. And so you kind of just feel like you're failing for a long time. Right. It doesn't change. And so that wears on you. Right. And I, I don't know, hey, D, the, the uh, father's perspective, do you, do you, do fathers worry about these kinds of things like moms do? Yeah, I mean, absolutely, we do. Um, You know, what you talk about with having a, you know, that credential, the MD, the JD, the PhD Mm -hmm. after lends you in in a professional setting, this instant credibility. But there's not any equivalent in parenthood, you know, for that. So, I mean, I think my kids knew just how much I was winging it. Natalie and I were just winging it day in, day out. I mean, it's like this very delicate fabric <laughs> holding together, you know, our family's, you know, social structure. We're just sort of, I feel like a lot of times I'm just sort of making it up as I go. And as my kids progress into new mm-hmm. phases of their lives, mm-hmm. you know, right when you get the baby thing down, they become toddlers. And then when they become toddlers, they become like little hellions. And then when they become little hellions, they become like, pre-teenagers that right. is like a whole new ball of wax. And so you just always kind of feel, you know, Natalie and I talk about, it, we, we just feel like we're sort of constantly on our heels trying to figure it out as we go. And, right. and right. Uh, it's just wild. Well, and I think too, you know, um, when you're in the throes of motherhood, parenthood, fatherhood, you, you don't know what's really going to matter. Right. You, you don't you don't know, well, if I, if I say, okay, you can do such and such in the long term, what's the outcome of that? I tell young mom, younger moms all the time, look, I worried a lot about when I should take the pacifier away, mm. I'll want to keep a kid in diapers. I, that stuff feels important then, and it is, because that's what you're mm. in the middle of. Yeah. I promise you when your kid is, you know, leaving for their first date and you're you know, having a mini heart attack that you're going to see right. alive, you know, you're like, well, we're in a diaper till you're four. It doesn't seem like such a big deal now. <laughs> right. I, I once, I once had, a, I once had a mother tell me um, that if I played football, I was free to choose to play football. <laughs> if I wanted to, <laughs> only my choice. You had a mother tell you this? One, well, yes. Once <laughs> a, a certain mother of mine, I'm not going to, don't name names. names. I'm keeping this anonymous. It was totally my choice to play football. But if I did, what was going to happen in all likelihood is that I would break my arm <laughs> on my growth plate and that I would live the rest of my life with one, with one arm longer than the other. And so it was up to me to totally 
choose to have one arm <laughs> limb okay. longer than the other for the rest of my life. But that ooh. was telling your choice. That was based on true life because one of my friend's sons played football and he, his, he got hurt. His leg was injured on the growth plate and he has one leg longer than the other. So that was scientific fact. Okay. What, what did I do? I, go ahead. Sorry, <laughs> well, I was going to say for like every <laughs> choice that our mother lets her child choose for themselves, they always conveniently have a friend with a life story <laughs> to go along with it. Look, I can produce pictures. Listen, as a, as a anxiety riddled 11 year old, what did I do? I chose to run cross country. So there we go. Best, best decision you ever made. And I never, broke a, I never broke an arm in cross country. So, no, you did not. You, know? you did not. Listeners, his <laughs> arms are of equal length. <laughs> it's you all good. See, you can't see it on the you know, this audio. It's form. all good. I think the thing that's really hard is like you get one maybe parenting class, a Lamaze, a how to have mm-hmm. the baby class, and then you right. are handed a human being. Right. And told to take it home. They let you take the baby home. <laughs> I think I watched a couple of videos in my like, like Percocet-induced haze about diaper <laughs> and bathing. I, I yeah. was not even really sure how taxes worked when we right. came home from the, from the hospital. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. I've filled out like this form one time and I, I literally had no idea. And I think, Mom, you've got that part in your book, you know, that you talk about bringing Melanie home and having done all the preparation for baby number one and oh man, and just the playbook. It's like, the, what's that boxing phrase? Everyone has a plan until they get punched in the mouth or something like that. <laughs> I can't remember who said it, maybe it was Muhammad Ali or, or somebody. Yeah. And it's, it's so true. It's like you have, you've got your schedule all set up and the nursery is all set up and then yeah. baby comes home and immediately the playbook just gets ripped up and thrown out the window. You're like, I have no idea what I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. No, nobody has any idea what's going on, including your baby. Like it's, it's, it was a great shock. And yes, I had read a lot of books and I, I had it planned and I knew what to do and I knew all the reasons to do those things. And it did not work out that way at all. The first, especially the first day home is a disaster. And I think the first day home, even with my seventh child is a disaster. Just, you feel so overwhelmed. This is a whole new personality that you don't know. And um, you, you just, like I said, you're just in some deep water. Um, so, you know, how do we, what do we do to help us have confidence and to trust ourselves and gain that perspective that we need? And I think um, Zig Ziglar has a quote that says, confidence is going after Moby Dick in a rowboat and taking the tartar sauce with you. And I, I love that quote because I, I think, um, for, first off, uh, we have to show up every day. We have to show up every day and somebody has to be in charge and that is us. And, and we have to have the confidence to just get in the rowboat, grab our tartar sauce as if we're going to succeed. And I, and I think that that is, I don't even mean to be flippant with that. I think that that is one of the most important things to do is wake up and feel like I got this and conquer your day. From mine and Natalie's perspective, you know, we have four kids ages two to nine. So we're kind of running a little bit of the, of the gamut there. And uh, for us, I mean, like, like we said earlier, 
we feel like sometimes we, we are learning as we go, but, right. but, you know, having done this for close to a decade now, we, we try to, you know, remind ourselves that little things that we do every single day, if we can just be consistent with some things that are important to us as, as mom and dad and try and be consistent, that builds confidence in mm. us because we don't need to worry about, okay, what do we need to do today? We can kind of fall back on, okay, today we're going to do this. We're going to make sure our kids have this experience, a little bit of work, a little bit of play, a little bit of this. And we kind of fall into a routine that has worked for us and kind of lean, lean back on that. And, and that, that I think brings a lot of comfort and confidence. I like how you, you were saying, you know, what works for us, what we put together, you know, we, we, we have certain talents and certain skills, interests, ways of doing things. And I think that confidence will come through a, a very individualized plan that represents the parents and not the latest fad or what your neighbors are doing or, you know, the, the perfect mom that you think lives down the street. Yeah. yeah like you, mom, you talk about, you talk about, you know, the yardstick that we mm -hmm. measure by and we put the, as a family, we, we have our own sort of core guiding principles that we measure ourselves by. And so those guiding principles too, also in situations where we're like, man, what, what do we do? We're kind of running into something that we have maybe not seen before with our kids or an issue we need to sort of work through. And it's like, okay, let's go back to what's important to us as a family. Mm -hmm. And that kind of steers the decisions that we make with our kids and how we handle each individual situation and say, okay, this, this is what is important that we want mm -hmm. our kid to learn from, from this experience or how we want them to grow in what way. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, that, that has helped us a lot, quite a bit as well, I would say. Yeah. And it, and it comes from your core. It comes from who you guys are. And, and, and so then that's a lot easier to trust and, and yeah. you can trust it, you know, different, different is fine. Different from how other people do things is fine. Um, I think another, another way that you can build confidence is to give yourself time. Right. Over time, you learn things. So I think giving yourself time is really important. You know, yeah, you kind of take stock of your track record that you and your children have survived 100% of everything that's been thrown at you, whether that's it's right. a skin knee, a fever mm -hmm. out of control, a kid who's mad at you and doesn't want to talk to you. Your track record is 100%. Yeah, that, that's right. And I, and I, um, and I think that that, 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 that matters and, and, and it just requires being patient yeah. with, with yourself. It kind of leads me into uh, ha trusting that long game. And we've talked about that before, that motherhood is a long game. And um, you just, you have to have confidence in your abilities, confidence in your plan, confidence in your experience. Can I also um, say, you know, confidence in the relationship between mother and child, mm -hmm. yeah, parent and child, father and child, that is a really strong bond. And I feel like one thing I have been learning over and over again is that your child wants you to have a good relationship with them. Right. And they're very, very resilient and they're very willing to give you lots of chances. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as things get rough between a child or you don't understand the phase they're in or you're feeling a lack of confidence. I have found that sometimes if you can just take a little break from the stress of it, go do something fun, go do something fun with that kid has absolutely zeroed and not talk at all mm -hmm. about 
things you're struggling with each other or past frustrations, just Mm -hmm. simple fun. And then you build that relationship and you kind of remind each other, you know, you guys really enjoy each other. And then, Mm -hmm. and then you just kind of walk away feeling a little more confident that you, your child knows you love them. They love you. You're fine. You know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you've built steady blocks and and yeah, you spend those wonderful times together. You trust your gut. You know, you, nobody knows your child better than than you or than than his parents. And I think that all makes makes a lot of sense. And in that, you know, you you have a bad day or you have a you do something and your children are mad at you and you think, well, this is forever now. <laughs> I've blown they, it. Well, they said they hate me forever. So well, that is true. I have been told that, and that leads us into to the story. <laughs> And the reason why Daniel is here. (laughs) Is this a gotcha? You said we were going to be talking about football and sports and stuff. (laughs) Again, wrong wrong podcast, D. Wrong podcast. (laughs) Um, So I had a a rule. And this is kind of to illustrate the point that, that, you know, mad isn't forever, you know. Uh, just keep on, keep on keeping on and trusting yourself and trusting the things that you do. My children, their go-to, their go-to was I'm going to run away. And um, this was at a high anxiety thing for me. I mean, even though I just sit, I, I would just kind of with the older kids, I'm going to run away. I'd say, okay, you know, don't cross the street or something like that. It always did give me a little bit of anxiety. So I came up with the idea that if any of my children uh, were going to leave the home without an approved reason, college, um, mission, marriage, you know, those kinds of things, getting a job, that they would leave the house, they would leave the family in the way that they came, came into it, and that is naked. <laughs> Zero clothes. So, your birthday I, I, suit. Your bir- in your birthday suit. So... Daniel certainly wasn't the first one that I used this rule on, but it really was the most, um, oh, what's the word, D? It was a direct hit. You sunk my battleship. Let me put it that <laughs> Correct way. Yeah. Most effective. Yeah. So Daniel got mad at me, and he said he was going to run away. I said, okay, that's fine. Take your clothes off. It cracked the granite. I, I was completely stifled by this. I don't understand why it did not occur to me as a young boy that if I was, like, thumbing – the right. rules in general that uh, well, I was still beholden to this one. I don't know why that did not occur to me, but I, it didn't. And I felt completely stifled by this because yeah. I, couldn't, I couldn't possibly leave, walk out. Like, what was I going to, what was I going to do was walk around naked outside? You know, that was not going to be a viable life. You were not going to make it, in, make it on your own in the world. I, mean, this I did yeah. not know much about, about the world. And the ways of it, but I knew, you know, clothes were probably like a prereq to a job, getting a right. job. Well, and you had a few uh, wintry, you know, snowy winters. Oh, yeah. Forget it. I mean, frostbite. Yeah, it was, it was, it was not good. And you, to say that you were mad at me, I mean, really your whole body shook. You were really <laughs> like, I mean, you were not happy. Let's just, no. let's just say that. And you said, you said to me. I am so mad at you. I will never be through being mad at you. And even when I am 16, I will still be mad at you. That is what you said. And I meant every word. And you meant every word. That's right. Uh, 
you did turn 16 <laughs> about what, I don't know, 10 or 11 years later. Were you still mad at me? Um, so as much as it pains me to admit this to my former self, no, I was not still mad. I <laughs> probably got distracted by Saturday morning cartoons, you know, like, <laughs> less than 16 hours later. No, I was not still mad at you at 16. But I remember in my mind, 16 was like, was like old. Like that was when did, yeah. I must've had Melanie and her older siblings, Stephanie will mm. at least was probably 16. And yeah, I remember yeah. they just seemed so old to me, you know, and seemed so mature um, that that was sort of, you know, like the, the threshold crossing into yeah. real adulthood, mm. you know, and that's when I was, I just wanted you to know, mom, I was, this was a, this was a, like a fiery, anger that was going to burn bright throughout my entire life. And my entire life to me was <laughs> 11 years radiated by, by the, the age of 16. Yeah. 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 And I even think you just said, you're going to think I'm not mad at you, but I'm still going to be mad at you. <laughs> That's right. Because deep down inside, I needed you to know, you know, even if it appeared, you know, that I was distracted yeah. by Saturday morning cartoons. Right. That the anger burned Never. deep and long. <laughs> <It was> blowing. <laughs> I was, nothing right. if not, I was nothing if not a thorough young man, you know? That's right. But here's my question, Dee. At five years old, did you think about things like food, though, too? I mean, you were worried about clothing, which was, you know, that was good. But did you have food packed or like... No, I was, I was going to pack some PB&Js or something. I don't know. You know? I, I don't think you thought that far. I think you, you just made a bold declaration. You were out of there. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe my friends would adopt me or something. I'd just go live sure. with them. I couldn't go over there without any clothes on. So that's why that's why. You know, <laughs> that's right. The wrench right. in, the, in the whole thing. <laughs> derailed, 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 totally derailed. And yet somehow we, we made it through and uh, things have all worked out. And, and this is, this is, this is the point, you know, he, he meant every word of it. Absolutely. He was going to be mad at me for the rest of his life, but you know, come on to, uh, to, to our children, the rest of their life really isn't the rest of their life. I mean, it's usually until they need something from you <laughs> yeah. Uh, hey, yeah mom this is awkward and all um, um remember how i just wore that oath yeah, yeah. I can going. i have some dinner <laughs> well and you just kids they just feel that passion so intensely and they burn yeah. really hot yeah and it's it's amazing i mean and just 20 minutes later they're like brand new humans and mm -hmm. out in the backyard playing catch or or playing yeah. cards or playing uno and it's like did this even happen? It's, it's, it's wild. And I think that lends itself to a lot of confidence too, that, that, you know, kids, kids feel emotions, you know, really strongly and sometimes can't control them. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, like you're, you're talking about th things will calm down and get back to normal. And, you know, it'll just yeah. be a funny experience that you talk about on a podcast. Right. How many, however many years, 26, later. 26 yeah. years later, whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> well past yeah. the age of 16. That's right. Yeah. You know, I always, found it interesting. Um, so I have a youngest child named Graham and he is a very unique soul and he just kind of is special, uh, emotionally, physically, whatever, he's special. He um, was a peer model student for a program in our area where he peer modeled behavior for um, children on the autistic spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I really was worried that he wasn't going to give his teachers more stress. He's kind of crazy. He talks nonstop. He Mm. kind of a mess and throughout the week we would get these behavior journals back from the teacher where they write you know how your child behaved <laughs> in <laughs> class and I opened it up and it was 
full of like glowing praise. Like your child was, you know, a great pair model this week. He listened to directions really well. And, and I'm flipping through and I'm checking the front of the notebook and make sure it was his name on there and not, you know, some other student. And I thought, oh, how, oh, how? But then I started realizing, you know, it must be that the things that we teach them at home and the, you know, little battles you just, you, where you don't feel like you're making any headway, they really do seep into their brains and they do kind of take those things with them out into the world. And he behaves better out for other people apparently right. than, than with me and they, you know they all do yeah yeah and, and you kind of learn them to give yourself a, a to have a little more confidence in what you're doing be mm-hmm. a little more grace for yourself and c to realize you, you're, you're doing better than you think right yeah always you know uh developing con uh, you know to kind of tag on to, to what you're saying there you know developing con confidence takes time it, it takes remembering that we're playing the long game, um, that we can we can make a plan, uh, you know, that, that reflects who we are and using the skills and the talents that we have confidence in, right. trusting in that divine love that we have for our children, that love is going to overcome, you know, the most heated arguments. There's going to be ups and downs in all of your relationships with your children, but that in no way reflects any lack of skill or ability on your part that is called parenting and that is called children. And I guess the last thing I would, I would say that I would leave everybody with is the power to believe and have confidence has to come from inside of us. We can read books, we can get education, we can do all of those things, but we have to believe in ourselves and in our abilities that we are strong and talented gifted women. And it's a belief that what we are doing, regardless of any evidence to the contrary, makes a difference. Confidence comes from believing it and having a conviction that doing our best is really all that our children ask of us. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Daniel, thanks so much for for your input. Anytime. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, that was a good conversation. And everybody, thanks for listening. I need some heart.